Changing roles again. I promise I'll stop doing this. Get all of our folks back. Uh, okay, let's, let's jump in. Uh, we, uh, we are in some ways doing a brand new thing this morning as part of our sermon series, our, our sermons that we do here. Uh, and in some ways we're kind of just continuing on. I'll explain, I'll explain that in a moment. But uh, uh, for the next eight weeks, we're going to be in the lectionary. I'm not sure how many of you know what that is. Uh, the lectionary, for those of you who don't, is a resource, an incredible resource, that we don't use very often in our tradition, but lots of traditions use it every single week. But essentially, it's a resource where uh, uh, people, incredible worship leaders, kind of liturgical guides, have created this thing that... Uh, It's a a sort of a three-year scope and sequence where over a three-year period, you delve into almost all of Scripture on Sunday mornings. So as a part of the lectionary, there's four Scripture readings every single week. There's an Old Testament reading, a psalm, a gospel passage, and then another New Testament reading. So for the next eight weeks up until Lent, Lent starts in eight weeks, uh, we're going to just walk in, in the lectionary passages. So... Uh, they're, they're usually, there's usually kind of an order to them, and it all makes sense. It's, this, it's beautifully arranged, uh, but the, the sermons, there's no specific series that we'll be in. So uh, we'll just be tackling whatever scripture happens to be there, and, w- and which of the four or all of them kind of speak to me or, or the preacher on that Sunday morning. So that's what we're doing, uh, and, and I, so it's kind of a new thing, and yet it, it's a... It's kind of a continuation. You know, Christmas is over, and I thought we were kind of moving on, but then I, looked, I started looking at the lectionary passages for this morning, and of course the very first one that I look at is kind of this continuation of the last two Sundays, actually, which was really strange. So, so two Sundays ago was Christmas Day, uh, which is naturally a day where you're thinking about gifts, right? Our minds are kind of consumed with this idea of gifts. And of course in the, Christ- in the Christian world, uh, the pinnacle of all gifts is Jesus, right? Uh, but still, it's gifts. It's kind of this day of gifts. We open them up before we come to church, and yet uh, we kind of open up Jesus on that Sunday morning as well, uh, anew. And then last Sunday was New Year's Day, and we talked about things being made new, right? That God is making all things new. He's doing a new thing in the world. Uh, and, and so I had these two Sundays kind of in my mind, and so I was kind of shocked when I started reading the lectionary passages. And the very first one, this passage in Isaiah, was essentially about gifts and newness. It's kind of weird, but fun. So we're going we're gonna to jump into that this morning. So uh, we're starting out in Isaiah chapter 42. And uh, I think it'll be on the screen. I, I hope it will be on the screen. But you may want to follow along in your pew Bibles as well. Isaiah 42. Verses 1 through 9. So this is what it says. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on the earth. In his teachings the islands will put their hope. This is what God the Lord says. 
He who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand, I will keep you, and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. Verse 8, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place, and the new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. The word of the Lord. Uh, so it's kind of this fun combination of the themes that we've been exploring the last two Sundays. Gifts and new things. So the passage starts in verses 1 through 4 with essentially a, a prophecy of the Messiah, right? Verses 1 through 4 are talking about Jesus. They don't know it's Jesus yet, but they're talking about the Christ, the one that's to come, the Messiah. Uh, he is the promised one. He will come to set everything right. He is the one we have waited for. He is the gift to the world. Right? It doesn't say gift in there, but we're talking gift, right? This is a pretty incredible thing that the Messiah is coming to bring justice, to make all things right. This is the most wonderful gift that we could receive. Jesus is the gift to the world. And as, as Isaiah prophesies, Jesus the Messiah is going to come to serve the world, to bring peace and unity in the face of violence and anger. He's coming to bring justice for all. He's the gift that we've been waiting for. In the incarnation, which we've just celebrated, God being made flesh here in the world, Jesus becomes the gift to the world that we have so badly needed and so desperately long for. We've needed this. We've been waiting. We're like a kid waiting to open up that gift. We've longed for the day when that will come. We've seen that gift under the Christmas tree for the last 24 days, and we are ready to open that gift. I mean, that's, that's where we are, right? We need Jesus to be that gift, to come and to bring justice. We've longed for it. And he's come to be that gift. He's the gift that is freely given. So the first four, four verses, uh, they make me think of gift. Uh, and then as we skip to the end, if we skip uh, the, the middle section and we go to verse 8, 8 and 9, essentially Isaiah is announcing that there's a new thing happening, right? I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. See, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare. And they're springing into existence. There's a new thing breaking into the world. God is doing a brand new thing, which we talked about last week. The interesting part of this passage to me, though, the most interesting, is this part that I just skipped over. There's this meat of the sandwich kind of part of this passage that we just skipped over that I think is really, really fascinating. If God is doing a new thing in the world, right? So there's these two things. If God is doing a new thing in the world and he's doing it through Jesus, the gift to the world, then I find myself wondering, what does that mean for me? Because it kind of seems at first glance that God's doing that all by himself, 
right? He's doing a new thing, and he's using Jesus, and I'm kind of out of the picture. So I find myself wondering, what are the implications for me? What does this mean for me? If God is doing a new thing in the world, and he's doing it through the gift that is Jesus Christ. And I think this middle section here uh, is our answer to that question. If you look at the passage, I think the implication of God doing a new thing through Jesus, the gift to the world, is that we too are sent as a gift to the world. I think this middle section reads as us being a gift that is sent to the world. God is speaking to us here in this section. He's been talking about Jesus And in the end, it's God kind of saying, I'm doing this new thing. But in these verses 5 through 7, God essentially turns to us with a message for us. God is speaking to us. In verse 6, he says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. God is calling us in righteousness. And guiding us by the hand in all that he will call us to. But there's a ton of responsibility for us here in this passage. In this verse. We are given as a covenant to the people. Uh, Right? A covenant is a promise. Some sort of oath. It's this binding agreement between two different parties. And God is giving us as that promise. He's giving us as that gift to the people. We are the promise. We are the covenant. We are the gift. We are the way that this new thing is going to be accomplished. God is doing a new thing in the world, and he's actually going to use us to do it. He's actually not going to do it on his own. He's resisting that. Uh, So this means all sorts of things for us then, right? And the passage has some of that. Uh, It it means that we're being called to be a light to the nations, to to illuminate the love and grace of God to the world. We're a light uh, to the world. We're a city on the hill. We're to shine forth the grace and love of God into the world. We're to open the eyes of the blind, the text says. And and we we ought to find ways to do that tactfully. We ought to find ways to do that Uh, without offending or judging uh, or condemning or pushing people away. But we still have this responsibility to to open the eyes of the blind. People need to see. And and, and we we argue that we have an answer to that, that we have the truth, the one who has come as Jesus. Uh, We are called to free the prisoners. People are stuck in all sorts of things that bind them, that keep them stuck that keep them from moving forward, that that keep them from living the life that God might be calling them to. And and so we're invited as the gift of God sent into the world to be people who are freeing those who are in bondage. So, So sure, Jesus is the gift. right? Jesus is the gift. And Jesus is the way that God's gonna do the new thing in the world. But this passage reminds us that we have a massive role to play in this whole process. We aren't off the hook. We don't get to sit idly by while God does all the work. We have a role to play in this. A passage like this reminds us that that the grace and generosity of God, the gift of God, isn't just some cosmic vending machine of goodness. 
we don't just show up here on Sunday mornings. We don't just read our Bible so that we get, we receive God's blessing, and it kind of stays at that transactionary kind of level. We're not just putting in our time so that we get out the blessing. It's not just this this one-sided thing. This is not the cosmic vending machine of grace. We don't just come and take. We don't just come and consume. We're not just being fed by our church, or we're not just being fed by the music or, or the preaching or whatever it is that is the reason why we show up here on Sunday mornings, there's a give and take here. We are invited into the whole process. We're invited into this whole process. We are incorporated and subsumed into the work of God in our world. We're brought into it. We are made partners in the family business of grace impartation and blessing distribution. We're part, we're part of this thing. God is doing this brand new thing in the world, extending his love and mercy and grace to a people who desperately need it, and he's incorporating us in to the family business. We're made sons and daughters in Jesus, and he's brought us in to this distribution business of grace and mercy and peace and love. We're part of the family, and we have a role to play. We don't just receive the gift. We are invited and challenged to be the gift. And so that's, that's what the title of my sermon is this morning. Right? We're invited to be the gift. We don't just receive it. So I think the question is for us, how is God calling us to be a gift to the world? Really practically speaking, how is God, if we're supposed to be a gift to the world, how is God inviting us, both corporately and individually as as people, how is God inviting us to be a gift to the world? So I want to talk just for a few minutes uh, about a few ideas, some ways to be a gift to the world. So the first thing, I want to say something kind of theoretical or conceptual before we talk really practical ideas. So, so one kind of theoretical, conceptual thought to start. Uh, in, in Greek, the word gift is the exact same word as grace. So when I hear gift, I, I think grace because it's meant to be, they're one and the same. It's the same word, charis. Uh, so essentially, when I'm inviting us to be a gift to the world, I'm inviting us to be grace for the world. I'm inviting us to be grace for the world. I, I think that we are called to be a means of grace, which is the language that we use when we talk about our sacraments, right? We talk about communion as a means of grace. I think we're actually being called to be a sacrament for the world, to be a means of grace. When we engage with the world, when we encounter other people, do people experience and ingest grace as they encounter us. When we rub shoulders with, with people out on the street or as, as we're going about our daily lives, do people experience and ingest grace because of being in our presence? Are we a sacrament? Do people sense the new life of Christ moving in and through you? Are you allowing God to make your life a sacrament, to take the, the ordinary you and to transform it into something extraordinary. To take the really basic elements of the, that make up who you are and to transform them into something that's a blessing to others. Are you breaking your body and pouring your blood in self-sacrifice 
for others? Are, are you a sacrament? So that's the first thing I would say. I, I think we're called to be a means of grace. Now that's kind of theoretical, conceptual. That's not very practical, right? So, so maybe a couple practical thoughts. Uh, how is God inviting and urging us to be a blessing to the world, really practically speaking? Well, well maybe the first thing is, uh, maybe God's inviting us to, to, be a, to be the gift through some sort of current ministry happening in our church. Maybe it's through something that we're already doing here, and maybe there's the opportunity for you to plug in even more or, or, or to, to think about your role in whatever you're doing here at our church a little, a little bit differently. Maybe it's through something like Family Promise. So we're, we're hosting Family Promise here at the end of the month, and uh, Family Promise is this incredible ministry that's helping folks get back on their feet. Uh, it's giving people a, a place to stay and help in finding jobs and apartments and rent. It's this beautiful, beautiful program that, that we're partners with. Maybe there's opportunities for you to serve there. I know that Grace would love to have somebody help her in a leadership role. Uh, we had somebody, a, a woman named Christina, who was uh, kind of, in some ways, taking over for Grace in that role, and Grace could take a back seat. And then Christina moved to Denmark, and uh, it's tough to run sort of a local ministry here in Bozeman from Denmark, so we excused her of that responsibility. But uh, Grace is kind of back at the helm again. She would love to have somebody to help her, to, to help orchestrate all things family promise here at our church. Uh, so maybe that's you. Maybe you have a little extra time once every two and a half months that you could, you could spend a little time here at the churches in the evening for a week. Uh, please talk to Grace. But there's lots of ways to help out with family promise, even if you don't want to commit to that kind of leadership role. So please talk with me or Grace or, or somebody who's involved with family promise, and we'll get you plugged into that. Maybe it's something like that. Maybe, maybe it's the rock, the, our youth center that we run. Maybe there's ways that you could volunteer at the rock, and we'd love to pursue some opportunities there where you could be a gift to young people here in our community and to minister to the Bozeman High School community. Maybe it's through something like Love, Inc., which we've kind of seen a separation with that. Not, not intentional, uh, but it's just kind of happened over the last few years. And I would love for us to plug back in with this incredible ministry here in town. Uh, so maybe that's something like you. They do all sorts of things to help uh, people in our community. And maybe you'd be interested in helping us to bridge that gap again between First Baptist and Love, Inc. So, so maybe it's some sort of current ministry here at our church that uh, you could plug into a little bit deeper. Uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's God's calling you to start something new at our church. We don't have a stranglehold on doing all the right things here. We're, we're figuring this out, and we're trying to push forward faithfully into the future. So maybe there's something that you are passionate about that you could bring some energy to at our church, and we could start something brand new, and people would jump on board because of your enthusiasm. What, what are you passionate about? What, what have you wondered about starting or doing or joining, uh, and how can we help you do that? How can we partner with you? in making that a reality. So maybe it's something brand new that you want to start. Maybe it's something kind of outside of our church. Maybe God is inviting you to be a gift to the world through the way that you live and serve out in the broader community. And this is really where I'm, I'm pretty passionate about, is I think we're called to minister uh, in places outside of these four walls here. I think God is calling us out into the community uh, 
both, again, both corporately, but especially as families and individuals, uh, how might God be inviting you to be a gift to the world in your context, to love and serve the people that are there? Maybe it's your family or your friends or your coworkers. Uh, how are you invited to be a gift just as you're doing your life, as you're shopping and running errands, as you're working or doing school, uh, as you're going about your daily routine, how might you be a blessing to those uh, to whom you encounter? Uh, maybe it's in your physical proximity where you live. How can you be the gift, the grace of God, where you live, even on your block? Uh, who needs help shoveling or getting groceries? What young family could use a night of free babysitting so they can have a date night? Uh, whose family is going through a tough time? How can you create a deeper sense of community and home even on your block with the people that you see as you're mowing your lawn or, or taking out the garbage or, or uh, getting the mail? Uh, who's there and who needs the gift of you? in their lives. Uh, Who do you interact with in your third places? If your first place is home and your second place uh, is work, we all have these third places in our lives where we congregate. Maybe it's coffee shops, uh, maybe it's grocery stores. I always go to that same grocery store and I generally go to that same teller that's there. The bank or or parks or wherever you are, the ski hill, whatever your third place is, uh, who is there and how might you be a gift to the people who are there? Do you even know the people with whom you interact there? Do you even know their names and, and why not? Uh, it's getting kind of weird for me. Uh, the, the folks at Qdoba actually know my order when I come in there nowadays, which I, I think is problematic in lots of different ways. Uh, but they kind of know, like, oh, yeah, nachos, chips on the side. And they, like, start rattling off my order before I even say anything, and they're always right. But, so they know my order, and I don't know their names. And that's, that's unfortunate. Right? That's unacceptable. I, I'm... I'm there like once a week. I probably should know their names and start to interact. How can God use me just as I'm going about my daily life, whether it's, whether it's I'm doing some sort of intentional ministry or I'm just eating lunch? How can God use us to be a gift? God wants to use you in your place, with your people, right now in 2017 to be a gift to the world. The gift of love and acceptance and hospitality and generosity. The gift of grace. So to kind of wrap up, I'd say that God is doing a new thing in our world, right? We've talked about it. We're convinced it's happening. It's easy to get excited about. But what if God is just waiting for us to finally get on board with helping him? Right, things aren't right in our world. We can say that, that Jesus is the gift to the world and that God is doing a brand new thing, but it doesn't take long looking around our world to know that things aren't quite right and things could be better. Right? Things aren't perfect in our world. What if God's waiting for you to help him in that process? What if the reason why things aren't quite right is he's kind of waiting around for you to get on board with helping out and being the gift to the world? What if God wants to do the new thing through us and only through us? 
What if he's not interested in doing all of the work all by himself? He actually wants to have a relationship with us and wants to actually partner with us in reconciling the entire world to himself. What if he wants to do the new thing through us and only through us? So I'm encouraging us this morning, at the beginning of a new year, to commit ourselves to being a gift to the world, to shine light into dark places, to bring grace and love where only judgment and hate have existed, to be the way God's new thing comes to fruition. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you're doing a new thing and that you've done it through Jesus, the Messiah, the one who has come to fulfill all promises and to bring justice to the world, to reconcile all things to yourself. And yet we realize today, we're reminded today, that we have a role to play in that reconciliation. And so I pray that you would challenge us, you would encourage us, you would strengthen us however we need, whatever we need, whether it's whether it's soft encouragement or a kick in the butt, please do something to get us off, uh, out, of, out of the status quo, uh, out of our lackadaisical uh, mentality, and into a life of service to the world. Allow us to be the gift that you want us to be, that you're empowering us to be, that you're challenging us to be. Allow us to be a blessing to all those we encounter each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh,